Dice Company contains fantasy violence, mature themes, and unapologetic bickering. No feelings were hurt in the making of it, but listener discretion is advised. Dice Company will always be free, but it's not free to make. Please consider supporting us on Patreon or Apple Podcasts and get access to our weekly roundtable show Extra Roll. Just follow any of the links in the show notes for this chapter. Welcome on and all to Dice Company, where a group of old friends weave tales of triumph, heroism and despair under the guise of playing Dungeons and Dragons. My name is Tom, and I'll be your DM through the continuing adventures of this band of dungeon-crawling heroes. Band of dungeon-crawling heroes, please introduce yourselves and tell the listeners one fun fact about your characters. Hi, I'm Harry, uh, playing Toc, an imposing six-foot-eight automaton. My fact this week uh, is probably going to be um, heard mostly by Benny, whilst Toc is in the uh, small bag of holding over his shoulder. Toc's favourite bird names. First, the fluffy-backed tit babbler, <laughs> the common loon, the dwarf tyrant, the monotonous lark, the satanic nightjar, the bearded bone crusher, the emperor of paradise, the fiery-throated metal tail, the mustachioed flower piercer, the go-away bird, and the smew. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Benny's supposed to feel like hearing this in his ear whilst trying to creep uh, quietly around a, uh, a dungeon uh, around zombies. Classic dungeon chat, isn't it? Yeah. List- listing your top 10 birds. <laughs> at, at the risk of really showing my ignorance, are those real birds from the real world or birds that you have made up? They are all real birds from the real world. Wow. No. The satanic... The satanic nightjar is famous for eating the eyelids of sleeping people in local legend in the area. It probably doesn't actually do that, but that's what it's famous for. Is that also Swindon? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did Google all of these birds, but I can't remember what they all look like now. Most of them are from, um, like about half of them are from like tropical places. I think the common loon is like, it's like a seabird. Well, I've decided I'm team common loon. Ah, And I thought you would be a fluffy backed tit babbler. I mean, that's more of a personal reflection, uh, but in terms of who I cheer for, <laughs> the common loon. I'm a go-away bird kind of guy. <laughs> i tell you what, it's proof that birds are, are unable to give themselves nicknames. I mean, no one gets away with self-naming that. I think we should be quite lenient on self-naming and catchphrases and such like. Yeah, next week it's going to be, I'm talking an imposing six-foot-eight automaton who's also the emperor of paradise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello, I'm Alex and I'm playing Augustus Zeno. Augustus has been doing some research. Now, I mentioned before that Augustus's father was assassinated back in Denothlia and Augustus was spared and he'd always wondered why. Well, Augustus's research suggests that the group responsible for the killing may be a a mysterious organisation called the Ministry. Sworn to the god Paximut, the god of justice, this group follows a strict code. When asked to kill, they commune with their god for 48 hours. With the god's approval, they then kill the target, but with minimum violence and without any other casualties. The group carry a mark of the dragon's head, which is the god Paximate's mark, and it's usually hidden somewhere on their body, often under their hair. So the hair would have to be shaved to reveal the mark that they've received. Augustus had always thought that the killer who stood over him on the night his father died sent some sort of weakness in him and hence spared him. But his discovery of the ministry suggests that perhaps he simply wasn't the named target of the assassination. Presumably, uh, Augustus' father was the only one who was targeted then. Correct. No one else was harmed at all, which is why when Augustus discovered the ministry, he began to suspect this may indeed have been the group involved. 
I would add that the full name of the organization is the Ministry of Justice, which is the same name as an ironically named branch of the UK government. So immediate questions are, well, are they paid to do this? Or is it like more of a, a sort of like, I would say following the gods, is it like, do they get divine instruction or do they get paid by people in society? They are paid in various ways, but often large amounts of treasure uh, given to the god, given to the hmm. the temple or to the organisation, rather than to the individual ministry assassins. So we're more thinking like equal pay for equal assassination work. Exactly. Um, and uh, if you don't mind me asking, what did Augustus find out? What his father's crime was? Well, it's uh, I mean, it's the god of justice. So yeah, it's an interesting question whether somehow the god's approval, apparently given to his assassins, uh, suggests that it was a just killing. But that creates a new worrying thought for Augustus, who views his father as a as a wholly good figure. Do the Ministry of Justice assassinate people just based on money, or does it have to be sort of an honourable thing as well? An offer of money is given, and they commune with their god to decide whether they can take it. So some think they're a grubby bunch who take the gold and do the assassinations with the rubber stamp of, of the god, and others think that they're a deeply religious even somewhat sort of holy group who only go ahead if the god of justice deems the target viable. I'm going to step in here and say this is some top quality lore. Yeah, it's a, it's a full lore blimey. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Charlie. I play Vanda Finnick. And today I want to air one of Vanda's concerns. Vanda actually thinks or is impressed by Benny's progress as he has made his way as a Tyro. Though, of course, it has ended in some moments of near total breakdown, he's nevertheless managed to carve himself out, at least in the initial stages of becoming a tightrope. There is a problem, though. Benny has still not accepted in Vander's mind a name befitting a tyro. So Vander has pondered this and come up with some suggestions. These include the odious Q, the go-away bird, <laughs> sinister Benzar, the noxious war dog Quez, Benzian Pissbringer, the dreadful Cunamorph, the demonic Quaalude, and that's my list. It's been a long time since you've riffed off someone else's fact. I know, I've missed it. <laughs> this is wonderful. Uh, just out of interest, is there any possibility the go-away bird was already on your list and that's just an amazing coincidence? Uh, every possibility. Everything I do is completely original. <laughs> of course. Sorry, Idaho. I'd forgotten that. Absolutely. <laughs> Did Vanda have a Rojan name? Is that you take a different name? Because we understand Vander to be ha have been called Cyril Highmore in his previous life. That can't be. That name doesn't fit the sort of convention and style that you just described. Vander was, of course, discovered in part because of the name he was given, which was the blade itself. Ah, of course. I'd forgotten that. Very good. So Vander's just basically throwing nasty names at Benny, the odious squares or whatever. I mean, it's worse than that because Vander is not going to leave it at thoughts alone. Never does. So... He's going to try and persuade Benny of one of these names or something similar. Oh, well, look forward to listening to that conversation. <laughs> Please make it the demonic quaalude. <laughs> yes, Benny graciously agrees to be called the demonic quaalude. Hello, uh, my name is Dave and I play the demonic quaalude. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Benny Quez. Today's fact is about Missy the Raven. When Benny first summoned Missy, if you like, as his familiar, he did not know what animal he was going to get. He had got some notes on summoning a familiar and he had got his new powers gained as a tyro. He combined them to do something. He wasn't quite sure what it was going to be. And it just turned out that it was a raven, uh, which suits Benny very well. Uh, but because Benny, while 
Smart hasn't had a huge amount of book learning. Benny does not know that in this world, um, the raven in mythology is seen as a trickster figure, known for its intelligence, cunning, and ability to transform. And he also does not know that the raven is often a harbinger of death. Lore. Yep, some serious lore. And I love the, I'm assuming there's the hint here that Benny may at some stage become a shapeshifter. Or am I just imagining that and thinking it's awesome? Um, I've I've not read that that far ahead in the the D and D rulebook, so I don't know what what's achievable <laughs> at like later levels. Well, I thought that was magnificent. Um, by which I mean I'm amazed you didn't rise to the bait I laid for you. I was quite proud of myself. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> you can do it in character later. I'm sure I'll rise to it then. Agreed. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Like aged thrushes, we have chosen to fling our souls upon the growing gloom in the next chapter of Dice Company. Previously on Dice Company, still stuck in the abandoned city of Verakir, you have plunged yourself through a secret entrance into Lothar Janeth's palace. You hope to stop him, cure the blight, and free yourselves, Papa Ungamus, and the 13th Company from the Cursed Cavern. Having entered through a secret entrance to the basement, you encountered a small band of zombies, including one Augustus dubbed the Zombie King. Making short work of them, you focus on the path ahead. As you are dungeon crawling, we are switching to traditional short and long rest setup while in the palace. You entered just before midday, as far as you can tell. For those who eat, please remove a ration, and there are two paths available to you. One to the west through a secret door found by Benny, and one to the south where the zombies originated. What would you like to do? I'd like to find a restaurant because I'm down to one ration. Ooh. Is there likely to be anywhere to grab a sandwich in the Hall of the Zombie King at all. Like a gift shop or... Yeah, a, a little shop. I think Banda runs like a little mini soup kitchen, doesn't he? I am the group's <laughs> gastronaut. Banda, old chap, I suggest given the shortage of supplies, if we have water, I suggest you start mass producing soup. Ah, oh, twist my arm. And Vanda produces the bowl and pours some water into it because I've read the rules. I mean, just just describe you pouring water and you don't have to brag about knowing the rules. Because <laughs> I've got basic competence. I know all the rules. Vanda <laughs> <laughs> pours water into the bowl and whispers a few words and magnificently creates goulash. I'm now going to have to look up if goulash is soup. I would say goulash is stew. It is, but of course I can manifest any flavour and this is a return to the Odyssey of flavours that Vanda is embarking on. Oh, so it's like a really thin goulash. So to be clear, it's not goulash, it's goulash-flavoured soup. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, any flavour of soup, you'd be like, I make a tennis ball, uh, some sausages. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't just say any any item could be a flavour of soup. It doesn't make any it's sense. Bertie Bots, every flavour soup. Yeah, anything can be soup if you blend it enough. That's true, including people. Like, oh. <laughs> Don't make Fanda go there. I'm going to say he's allowed to make goulash-flavoured soup. Augustus, I have some soup here for you. And Vanda tastes it. Mm, delicious. Slab. Wonderful. Thank you, Vandit. I guess Augustus then can eat the soup and keep the ration that I just was going to use. 
I mean, you can eat the goulash-flavoured soup, but Vanda only gets to make one soup per long rest. So once he's made this and you've eaten it, no one else can eat. Great. Vanda, just stick a lid on that with you and keep it in your pocket or whatever. <laughs> it's not we don't want to throw the soup away now we've made it. You got any Tupperware, Vanda? Vanda looks at Augustus and then takes the most ghastly slurp that has yet come from Vanda. Vanda is now eating that soup, so Vanda need not use a ration at this point. And Augustus is happy to use one of his rations, ungummed and unslurped by his dear friend Vanda. Uh, gentlemen, now we have destroyed the all-powerful zombie king. <laughs> I suggest we proceed to the heart of the fortress to see whether any other enemy remains here, or whether this creature was indeed the powerful blight that cast its terrible power across this cave system. Augustus, you do not wish to harvest the meat from the zombie king like the orcs with the umber hulk. Uh, I rather do not talk. I very much do not. Perhaps we could pick up the zombie meat harvesting issue along with Vander's talk on finance once we return to the surface. Of course he doesn't talk. He just turned down delectable goulash. Could I make a suggestion? Please. Please do. As wonderful as this is, we found the secret passage. Let's go down the secret passage. That's a rule, isn't it? That's like a rule of life. If you find the secret passage, you go down the secret passage because it's better than the non-secret passage. I find this to be acceptable. To the secret passage! Well, the goulash is finished. So... Let us carry on as we were before we slayed the zombie king. We've had some classic teamwork here, haven't we? We have. I keep wanting to make a joke about goulash because the zombies are sort of ghouls and they turned into some sort of poisonous ash when they died. So I don't know, there's something there, but I've, I've ruined it. Man. Audience will put it together themselves. Yeah, it's a DIY joke. It's a, it's a flat pack joke. Gentlemen, we waste time. The mighty Quaalude has spoken. Shut up, Vanda. Vanda smiles. Uh, so, so obviously, I think going down the secret passage is a good idea. Do we do we want to at least like send Missy the Raven down to see what's the other side of that the passage to the south? I mean, we we can't see what's down there. Here. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm happy to sit myself against the wall and just go a little way down to the south just to see what's what. You head in a southerly direction, in the same direction from which the zombies appeared. The room you come across is empty and it has a singular doorway with no door in on the far wall. And beyond that, you can see a circular staircase which disappears upward. I return being Benny, open my eyes and I say, it's not obvious. I mean, there's stairs going up, but that's as far as I could see. Then we should proceed. Also, uh, Tok's going to get his tablet out and start making a map of the dungeon that we find ourselves in. Very wise. Can I ask a small mechanical question about the bag? Yeah. It, as Tok sticks his head up out of the bag, does the part of him that's out of the bag sort of like come into existence in this plane? So that as he's putting his head up and down, is the bag getting rapidly heavier and lighter? You mean, does he crush Benny at the moment that he steps out of the bag? <laughs> yeah, basically, if he, if he comes out like to the waist out of the bag, does Benny's arm get ripped off? D&D physics is weird. So he's still being supported, obviously, by yeah. Tick underneath him. But I mean, yeah, that's... that's uh, Yes. That's a thinking thinking with portals. <laughs> How terrifying it would be as an enemy to be faced with Benny Quez. I mean, to see Benny Quez trample to death as a giant automatist just walks over his slaughtered body into existence. Anyway, can I suggest, gentlemen, that perhaps rather than stealth, we just quietly proceed. We think 
From what Benny says, there's no one in the room, therefore no one to hide from. We don't need to make a noise, but neither do we need to sneak. We just proceed cautiously towards the stairs. Didn't we discuss going the other way down the secret passage? Paladins rarely draw a line without blurring it, do they? I thought you said this was. I thought you said you were going to investigate the secret passage. Is that not what? Just no, we just we were checking that the uh, the main route wasn't preferable. That's all. All right. Okay, I'll go back in my bag. Yeah, the bag's full. It's got talk in it. <laughs> and I, I, I die yeah. in ten minutes. In which order are you walking, please? You can go two abreast if you wish to. Vander is happy to go at the front. I have a cunning plan if we meet more zombies. All right, Augustus then up front too, and then I guess Bentley behind who can pause to release the hounds if we need to from the bag. Not the actual hounds, the mechanical hounds. I don't understand where the actual hound is. You make your way down the dark and slightly twisting secret passageway which Betty found before it comes to an abrupt end and you see before you a very similar wall to the one that you saw when you first found this entranceway there is even a matching small rectangular stone in the bottom right hand side which is the thing that you pushed last time to open the door gentlemen stairs have always been rather a problem for me can I suggest we take the passageway that may be present I have the same mechanism we found just earlier. Yep, give it a go. Vander prods the relevant stone with his cane. And as before, the stone doorway appears and slides open. Vander takes a tentative step out. Vander, with your high perception, you can tell that there's a fairly plain corridor heading in a northerly direction, which then curves away to the left, to the west, if you will. To the south, there is a kind of orangey glow coming from a large room. Even from this distance, uh, you can see a high-ceilinged room in the centre of which is a pool of bubbling lava. Gentlemen, I believe there may be an ally locked away, as the orcs told us. And if I were keeping such a thing, I might choose to keep them in the dungeon. Can I suggest we take the lower route? Pop pulls off a little tablet that says... I find this to be acceptable, written on it. Yeah, yeah, there's logic to that. We can get more numbers, we should. Vanda shuffles into the next room. Across the way from you are two creatures which are pulling a series of levers and pulleys. Lava courses through their withered veins, casting an eerie glow beneath the decaying linen which wraps around them. Every time they move, the ominous glow intensifies, pulsing with an unholy rhythm. Even their hollow eye sockets blaze with the lava within. As you watch a group of shambling, lava-covered creatures step onto a 20-feet-wide platform, the lava drips off them, revealing the petrified zombies you've already seen in Verakir. The zombies fill the platform in neat rows, and with a pull of the contraption, the platform rises up into the darkness overhead. and an empty one arrives to rest next to the vacated space. The bandaged lava creatures stop their movement and the lava in them dulls. From across the room, you can also see a locked cell door. I have what you might term a plan. Very well, do do share it. I will enter the room and attempt to make my way to the bars in a disguise of sorts to see if our ally resides inside. This plan comes with some risk, so I do hope you will back my play if things go south. 
can see why you only described it as a plan of sorts. But if you're confident, then yeah, what do you need us to just kind of keep ourselves out of sight but get ready for battle if needs be? Yes. Wait till it goes wrong and pile in. Banda, would you care to hold my bag? An interesting idea. And Banda offers to take the bag. So I hand the bag over to Vanda and then get set up in the doorway. Yeah, likewise, but if possible, holding a wink. Vanda strips to his waist, revealing a torso covered in scars and unhealed flesh. He takes the bag and places it on his shoulders and in doing so, removes his mask. He puts it in the bag. Vanda then turns and walks out into the room, shuffling like a zombie. Very nice. Who died away? You kick the fucking zombies. I've got a hole in my face. This is this is gonna be quite persuasive. Have you popped the crown on? <laughs> Don't tempt me, Frodo. <gasps> Give me a performance check, please. Can I have that advantage because of my appearance? Yeah, go on then. In many ways, he looks more like a zombie than a zombie. Nineteen. You successfully disguise yourself as a zombie shuffling across the lava-pooled room. The two bandaged creatures look at you and prepare themselves to start pulling the lever. I'm going to continue my shuffling. Oh, you can go over the platform. Yeah. And they're going to raise it up if I do that. So I walk round as I pass brains. The creatures eyeball you the whole way, but you see completely impassive faces. I get to the cell. You peer in through the cell. You can see a small silver platter with half-eaten food is laying on the floor, relatively fresh. The cell itself is empty, but the door is definitely locked. I'm going to mentally message Augustus. The cell is empty. Very well, Vanda. Make your way back to us. Vanda shuffles back. As I go past the lava demons, I... Instead of saying brains, say prisoners. Roll for initiative. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, hubris, thy name is Thunder. Oh, damn. Such a good plan. Such a good plan. 11 for Vanda. 9 for Augustus. 16 for Benny. Uh, 16 for Top. Top of the round with Benny. So I take it from the position that I'm in, I can see that something has gone awry. Indeed. They have both turned and are preparing to move towards him with their arms out in front of them. Classic mummies. I guess I decide it's safe to assume that they are not moving with friendly intent and that Vanda's ploy has failed and there's nothing to do but shoot at them. That is 21. Is a hit. Please roll for damage. Five piercing damage. And obviously the classic saving throw to avoid being pinned. Uh, I am about to roll dice made for me by Shelby Cat, one of our listeners. Don't mess me around, Shelby. They did look awesome, actually. I'm really tempted to buy some. Success! It's a 19 with the first roll. <sighs> does not enamor me to Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get our own set, <laughs> even, even the odds. Uh, any bonus actions, Benoit? I'm going to take that back. Benny? Yeah, didn't, that didn't work, did it? No. I'm just going to move around ever so slightly. Moving to the opposite side of the lava pool to get a clean shot at them. Exactly. Beautiful. Tock and Tick. Wow. So Tock and Tick will both basically like um, burst out of the bag that her band has got on his back. 
which presumably will like just he won't be able to hold up we'll just fall to the floor just rip both of Bandit's arms to us yeah <laughs> um, so yeah Tok will um, uh, 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 yeah pick that up when they've climbed out of it and they're going to draw swords but I think am I going to try and push these things back into the lava clearly they're lava mummies they're immune to lava Tok and Tick are just going to attack them so um, the minor design flaw they're actually really weak to lava a truly superlative suggestion Tok with only one minor drawback yeah um okay so yeah talking to stand in front of vanda uh protecting and both attack a 14 and tick gets a uh a 19. both hits please roll for damage okay uh top gets an 11 and tick gets a nine so with benny's arrow having shot the creature in the shoulder Tok and Tick clamber out of the bag to protect Vanda after his failed gambit. They draw their swords and begin slashing away at the lava mummies. Uh, there are spatters of lava appearing with every hit. Yeah, grappling them probably would have been a terrible idea. The mummy's turn. Uh, so the mummy who is being attacked by Tok is going to move five feet to the north and he's going to attack Vanda. Tick will... Um... We'll move to uh, to defend Vanda with the shield. Vanda, you look into the hollowed-out, lava-filled eyes of the creature as you are struck by such a dreadful glare. Can I have a wisdom saving throw, please? DC 11. So, fairly simple. A 26! Vanda is completely unperturbed by the dreadful glare of the mummy. I glare back. So the mummy is now going to attack you with its rotting fist. Huh. Oh, God. And that is an 18. I cast the protection of my cane. Casting shield from your cane, which grants you extra hit points. 13 extra hit points you get. It's going to come in handy very soon. But it does not prevent the mummy from actually hitting you. I've also got the 10 extra hit points from Augustus's speech. Despite the shield spell not protecting you, you do gain the extra hit points as your abjuration sub ward, protective ward, but the lava mummy still manages to do 15 points of necrotic damage. And can I have a constitution saving throw, please? These things are pretty tough, aren't they? 13. Is a success. So as the lava mummy hits you heavily around the shoulder, you can see a little bit of kind of lava beginning to spread, but you wipe it off quickly before it can do any further damage. Ooh. And now the other one is going to step forward and attack Tuck. Hmm, can I have a wisdom saving throw, please, Tuck? Hmm. Stupid feelings. Can Augustus be frightened? I know he can feel sad, but can he be frightened? A 10? Is a failure. Ooh, that's not good. Tuck, you are now frightened until the end of the mummy's next turn. You have avoided being paralysed by the dreadful gaze, however. We're in trouble here. And now the creature is going to attack you with its rotting fist. Ooh, loving all these new creatures and new effects. So very exciting, isn't it? Uh, you have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while you can see the creature and you cannot willingly move closer to the source of your fear. And we are going to use the very special Shelby Cat dice today, which I like to call the Crystal Calamity. 22. Uh, so, um, Tok is going to uh, block it with the shield, which again is going to like burst into a, a, a sort of like yellow crystalline lattice that's going to uh, come from it, absorbing the attack. 
Very nice. That's one down. And that's right. I got a creature that can hit. Woo! Vanda. Okay. I'm going to fit my face mask back in place. Isn't it still in the bag of holding? Which I've still got. It's on the floor, right? Next to me. Uh, I picked it up. Oh, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I'm not cold, right? I'm right next to lava. <laughs> yeah. Vanda realizes that he is now a weak thing in a fight for tanks. So I'm going to try and level the playing field. I cast False Life. Ooh. Which gives me additional hit points. As far as Vanda can, he's hulking up six extra hit points taking me up to 30 so i basically square up even without your mask and kind of naked and looking a lot like a zombie you kind of sweep your staff around and this kind of facsimile of you appears almost in time with you bolstering your reserves and preparing you for the combat ahead yeah oh crap where's our paladin augustus yay so I come into the room. So I'm going to go six squares, right? Or you can dash for a further six, but it means you can't do an action if you do that. I better do that because otherwise I'm not going to do anything. I'm trying to like, assess how brutal this fight is. Like, is this pull out all the stops time or keep some of your powder dry time? Well, we've got the boss fight up ahead, but I mean, we've, we've decided to lead the uh, the face punching with our weak and vulnerable mage. Are you kidding me? I'm turning into a tank. In that case, Augustus is just going to try and draw attention. So he ostentatiously draws his sword with a swish of steel and levels it at the creatures and says, Creature! Try and draw its attention. Give me a performance check. Okay. Is this like a willpower check to not <laughs> light it on fire? <laughs> that is 13. Okay, back to the top of the round with Benny. I will continue to work my way round the lava pit to the south, and then when I've travelled as far as I can, I will aim a shot at the lava mummy who is already injured. So that is 25 to hit. Is a hit. That was constitution saving throw as well, so it has been pinned to the ground. Uh, roll for damage. Uh, that is a total of 10. Very nice. So yeah, Benny moving swiftly to the south around the edge of the lava pool, knocks an arrow as he moves and fires from the shadows down there, hitting the, the lava mummy in its path, pinning it to the ground. Creature looks a little bit worse for wear. Okay, tuck and tick. What you got? I think Tok's just going to carry on attacking. So uh, both Tok and Tick will carry on uh, hacking at this mummy with their longswords. Even if it's at disadvantage, I think it's probably still worth it. Okay, so Tok's attack first. Tok gets an 18 to hit. Is a hit. And Tick gets a 25. Is a hit. Please roll for damage on both. Tok gets a 14 and Tick gets a 5. With the two automatons in perfect synchronicity, despite Tok very obvious fear with his knees knocking together as he attacks. <laughs> they're still able to take chunks out of the lava mummy. Uh, it looks very close to being done. If only there was someone around to steal a kill. Who, me? Fortunately, it's the mummy's turn before them. The mummy who looks on his last legs is going to swipe at Vanda once again. Tick is going to, again... Uh, move to protect Founder. With a grand total of 11. That would be a miss. Okay, so the zombie swings at Vanda, who is protected by the shield of Hick. It hits it with a clang. The other one is going to attack Tok. So 13, it's no good. The heavy arm beats down onto Tok's shield, and despite his fear, he's able to kind of push the creature away. Well, I mean, 
Hiding behind your shield is uh, <laughs> somewhat easier when you're afraid. Vanda. Realizing the zombie is on his last legs, Vanda casts magic missile. That is 15. Vanda, tell us a story. Yeah! <laughs> As the mummy is about to strike Vanda, he moves his hands in a complex gesture and three darts form in the air. Each pierces the mummy's armor. And paralyzed by these three points of pain, the mummy then falls backwards into the lava and dissolves. You may add mummy onto your kill list. <laughs> top killer. I don't think you are. Pretty sure Benny is far and away the top killer on your list. <laughs> the mighty Quaalude. <laughs> a massive zombie explosion. We dropped Pissy Fingers. We're dropping Quaalude as well. Oh, why did you have to say that? See, now I want it to happen. Well, what's up with Pissy Quaalude? <laughs> <laughs> Augustus. I had all kinds of fun plans. It's taken me all the... I feel like the some out-of-shape page boy running up with a load of swords to the side of my, my liege. So I'm just going to wander up to this guy and hit him with a rapier. That's the plan. That's the whole plan. I mean, sometimes the simple plans are the best. And when I say rapier, I mean ember. Course. Which is a rapier. Shishne. That's not how that works. Well, I can't say Shishne to the DM. Correct. I cast Shut Up DM. Uh, 18. Is a hit. Please roll for damage. 11 damage. Piercing damage to the DM. And the DM shuts up. <laughs> Augustus saunters south, finally joining the fight now that it's almost done, and continues to swing Ember and pierces the lava mummy through the chest. It barely registers the hit. I would like the official record to show that the DM just flipped me the bird. Benny, top of the round. What bird? We're not sure. The go away bird. I wish it was the go away bird. It looked very much like the go fuck yourself bird. <laughs> Physical comedy is an unexplored area of podcasts. <laughs> Please listen to the Interpretive Dance Podcast. <laughs> Mime and miming. <laughs> So Benny is going to continue to work his way around the lava pool. So he's now to the south of the main action and uh, loose another arrow at our friend the mummy. Can I just quickly check something? Is Benny standing on the platform, which is operated by the lever next to which we're fighting? That is correct. Please roll to hit and no more chat from the peanut gallery again. Benny has not thought about that. <laughs> well, Benny is now shooting. I wasn't suggesting you were going to uh, undo the action. Uh, that is an 18 to hit. Hits. Please roll for damage. Uh, 13 total. Benny continues his sneaky manoeuvre to the south and then to the west around the lava pool, draws an arrow as he moves onto the metallic platform and fires it into the other calf of the month. Oh, into the lead. <laughs> and off he goes to fight the boss alone. Sorry, charge up. And the arrow pins the creature to where it stands. Benny's intrigued by this allegedly empty cell and um, is going to send off his mage hand to just have a go at unlocking it, see if anything can be achieved by doing such a thing. For a second, I thought he was going to pull the lever. <laughs> <laughs> see you later, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a uh, the mage hand with the thieves' tools, I presume, if it's going to try and unlock yep. the door. Give us a thieves' tools check, please. 90. The invisible mage hand, focused by Benny, nimbly works the thieves' tools, and even from the distance you're at, you hear the click as the door is unlocked and it swings open. That's some pretty impressive multitasking. It really is. I shout, hello, there's anyone in there? 
bits of help won't go amiss. Talk and tick. We could reposition slightly, couldn't we? Uh, if Tick, hypothetically, was to move down south of the zombie, uh, near the lever, how much of a risk is there of pulling this thing? Is it as big as it looks? It's massive. Okay. Does it look like it could be accidentally opened by a refrigerator-sized robot? I don't like hypotheticals, but it's a big lever and you're a big creature. Uh, I'm not going to risk it, as much as it would be hilarious. Um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, Tok and Tick are both just gonna carry on attacking, attacking the the zombie. Am I am I still frightened of it? You are not, because the the, the creature's turn is over. Okay, yeah, I thought you said that. Okay, right. In which case, we're both gonna attack. Okay, Tok gets a twenty-four to hit for seven damage. Very nice. And uh, Tick gets a thirteen to hit. It's a hit for nine damage. The automatons continue their two automaton war against this creature. Grind him down. The lava mummy turns its attention to Augustus. Can I have, Augustus, a wisdom saving throw, please? DC 11. 21. Well, there we go. You successfully avoided the dreadful glare of the creature. So it raises its rotting, lava-filled hand. Not before I wink at it. And attacks Augustus. Tick, however, again, moves to his defense. Disadvantage. Ho, 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 ho. Natural one, or six in total, and a failure. So the combination of Tick and Augustus' shield work stops the lava mummy from doing any damage. Augustus clearly just looks too magnificent for him to uh, mar by with his rotting fist. Indeed. You hear a sudden... I mean, ominous and worrying. Friendly bump. And the Crystal Calamity delivers its first natural 20, ladies and gentlemen. Ouch. Well, there's no block in that. Oh, God. Tok, please take 17 fire damage. Whoa. As a red flaming blade suddenly appears, jutting out of the front of your chest. As the Shadow Vanguard Tiara appears from behind you. Can't help but feel this might have been my fault. Quite possibly, yes. Um, Tick, however, uh, as the uh, as the flame uh, hits him, it's actually going to be dissipated by his armor, uh, which is going to absorb the um, uh, uh, the flame, leaving just the blade stabbing him, halving the damage. Very nice. And that means that I'm out of inspiring speech from Augustus. The flames that his armor has absorbed after after the stab comes out all sort of like move travel over the armor towards his. Um, towards Tok's glowing sword, which bursts into fire, somewhat like Ember, ready for him to attack. That's absolutely incredible. It's all right. There's always mo more mongooses to talk about. Tiara looks across to Benny. Thanks for the hand. He much seals it, doesn't it? Fuck, they had a shadow vanguard prisoner. Vander! So many revelations. I keep having actions ready, and then everything happens to change. <laughs> this changes everything. Vander, I'm your father. That is not lore. <laughs> Vander turns to face the new threat, Shadow Vanguard, and his hands move as he casts Cause Fear. You have a wisdom saving throw to make. 16 plus 5, so 21. It passes. Yep, so Vander turns and attempts to intimidate and terrify Tiara as she was 
previously terrified by your lot's horrible teamwork against her. You're so mean. That was the plan. <laughs> Is it clear to the rest of us that he tried to cast a spell or just kind of like raised his fists and shook it like an old man? <laughs> Augustus. Uh, well, as I'm standing next to the mummy, I think I'm just going to hit that again if I can. Feels like we've got to whittle down our numbers even if the Shadow Vanguard is the more pressing problem. Damn it. Eight. Is a miss, unfortunately. Augustus attempts to plunge Ember into the lava mummy, but it, it avoids his attacks. Start the round again with Benny. Uh, I'm just going to shoot at Tiara. 14. You fire an arrow at Tiara and she raises her hand as a shield just envelops her and your arrow splinters, doing no damage. Ah, so did she clearly cast the same spell that uh, Banda was earlier and Tok has been uh, with his shield? Maybe. Interesting. I'm going sh- to shout to Tiara. Come on, Tiara, why don't you come over here? Which, as Smacktor goes, was absolutely shit. But, uh... Tuck-tick. Right, I have a cunning plan. Yeah, I think this will work. So rather than attacking, um, Tok is uh, going to... Um, oh, no, hang on. I, I already got the, the Fireblade thing, didn't I? No, okay. I'll save that cunning plan for next turn. This turn, Tok is going to use the less cunning plan of turning around and uh, hitting um, Tiara over the head with a flaming uh, uh, glowing sword. Tok gets a 15 to hit. Does not hit. The shield is still in effect. Ah, of course. And uh, Tick is also going to attack but he only gets a, uh, a 10, so he also does not hit. So the two automatons turn their attention to Tiara and begin smashing at her with their blades, but they just ricochet off of the shield she has created for herself. Right, unfortunately, the uh, the flame uh, from Tok's sword will, uh, after he hits, the, uh, the shield will dissipate. Now it's the mummy's turn, uh, and the mummy is going to attack Tok at advantage. Tick will uh, help by uh, defending Tok. So reducing it to normal attack. And there's a natural one. Fantastic. Uh, so yeah, the, the mummy kind of slowly tries to batter you around the back of the head, but Tick just casually swats the attack away with his shield. Tiara, however, begins to move her hands quickly and she pushes them together as a small, tiny little electrical charge appears in her hands. She spins it and it grows larger and larger and you hear this static in the air all around you. As those with hair on their arms feel it stand up and she casts Thunder Wave. Can I have constitution saving throws from everyone around her, please, including the mummy? Five for Vanda. Four for Augustus with a natural one. Top gets a 13 and Tick gets an 11. Uh, and the, the mummy got a 10. I believe everyone failed there, did they? Everybody failed. Everyone needs to take 12 thunder damage as a start and everyone is pushed 10 feet away from her as the wave ripples out. Well, yeah, I was going to stay away from her, so I've got to go into the lava. Afraid so. The mummy, Tok, and Augustus are all thrust into the lava. They all take six fire damage. That felt like it could have been a lot worse. I mean, there was quite a lot of hit points in one go. <laughs> I, meant the, I meant falling into the lava. The lava felt fairly, you know, terminal. So the, the lava is surprisingly solid, like the, the thick crust which you're able to hot foot on, um, but there is still flames licking up, causing you damage. Well, it's actually a common misconception about lava because it still has the density of rock, so you don't you would never sink into it. Like if people or stuff 
they're just like lay on the top and barbecue. I, I was going to say, I imagine most people who fall into lava never get time to enjoy that. <laughs> no. Oh, this is a, this is a surprising consistency. Yeah, the oh. viscosity is not as I expected. I was thinking more angel delight. <laughs> as, as Augustus watches his feet dissolve, he does think that. Vander. I think it's time to take Tiara down. Irritated at his last attack having failed, Vander turns to Tiara and moves his hands again. This time, he casts Sleep. 32 is the score to get. 32 is the score I got! Oh, no! Quite impressive. That is an absolutely <laughs> insane roll. Well, it's near the maximum, isn't it? Which is like 40, isn't it? 40 is the maximum, so that's four sevens and a four? Good grief. Unbelievable. So with the gestures and hand movements, you see Tiara's eyes begin to move left and right as she sways, and then she just slowly falls to the floor asleep. Vanda smiles. Uh, I'm going to use my movement to walk steadily in the direction of Tiara. Augustus, you are stood atop the lava with your shoes on fire. Uh, Augustus is going to head for dry land, first of all. Okay, so constitution saving throw. 14. Succeeds. And then he is going to throw a i think his last remaining dagger at the the mummy 16 hit roll for damage four augustus tell us a story augustus strides out of the lava brushes some embers off his fine jacket from batistutas and just sidearms a no look knife in the direction of the mummy uh, and it goes straight through the middle of its chest and the mummy explodes into sparks and flames and drops onto the hard surface, apparently, of the lava. It's not a liquid. I mean, it is a liquid, It's really, but it's a dense liquid. It's all a question of density, really, isn't it? Exactly. I think I showed myself to be a bit dense with that attack. I'm, I'm not going to shout across the room for fear of waking her up. Betty can see that the Shadow Vanguard is asleep and therefore not a threat and doesn't really want to get involved with whatever's going to happen next because he suspects it's not going to be very nice and doesn't want anything on his conscience and he was also feeling somewhat sheepish about releasing the shadow vanguard so he decides to instead of getting further involved to amble over and just start to investigate the cell in a kind of i'm doing something useful kind of mode but which keeps him away from awkward questions or seeing what might be going on give me an investigation check please 20 you wander over to the cell to investigate. There is a plate of food, half-eaten food on the floor, relatively fresh. Also in the cell, you see a number of glyphs kind of carved into the rock around. Give me a history check, please. Uh, 15. You do not recognize them, uh, but they do appear to be vaguely magical in nature. You wouldn't, you wouldn't imagine someone would put glyphs on, like carve them into the rock of a cell like this. Tok is going to, I'll say clamber up out of the lava, but they can stride across <laughs> the lava to uh, to safety. Go, give me a constitution saving throw, please. Only a 22. Oh, God, you're unbearable. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. No fire damage for you. Tok is somewhat damaged, so uh, Tick is going to uh, walk over next to him. And, uh, is going to start doing some repairs. So this will involve 
various like uh, uh, oils that are kind of like being poured into the wood and hammering out some plates that are being uh, bent and singed. A bit like a rub down on a shiatsu, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hammering out a dent in a fridge. Yeah. <laughs> and he will heal 11 hit points, which is pretty awesome. Tok will out some chains from the, uh, the bag of holding and um, will uh, look to Vanda for um, direction, but he'll uh, proffer them. I know he's going to like talk loudly this close <laughs> to a sleeping Shadow Vanguard. Damn it! But the implication, I'm sure, is not going to be lost to Vanda. Vanda quietly shuffles over to Tick and Tok. Tok, as interested as I am by the idea of chains, it strikes me that the cell Tiara was in must be proof against her ability to teleport. I was wondering if yourself and Tick might gently transport her back into the confines of the cell so we may talk. Tok will put the chain away and will um, slightly instruct Tick and they'll go and try and pick up Tiara and move her to the cell. As instructed by Tok, Viavanda carries her to the cell which Benny is currently investigating. As I'm sure will be obvious to what uh, a uh, person of um, Vanda's intellect, she must have been invisible whilst she was in there, which means you can still cast magic, but presumably not teleportation magic. Yep, and let's have history checks from everyone who's in the cell, not Benny. 16 for Vanda. Only 15 for Tok. You guys also see the strange symbols carved into the walls, but you, neither of you recognise the history of them. Augustus, roll me a history check, please. That's natural one for six. You just assume that these are the drawings of a child. <laughs> Tiara has been deposited into the cell. Vanda beckons Tick and Tok out. Tok's going to again look to Vanda. Uh, we're not going to tie her up? I don't think it's necessary. Well, if we um, we tie her up, she can't use her gestures to do any magic, can she? So she can't invisible herself. Damage causing spells, etc, etc. As you wish. Okay. Just seems prudent <laughs> to me. Tok will... Um, uh, uh, will basically use the chain um, and uh, you know like a lock to uh, he doesn't actually have a lock but he does have a, a metal working kit I'm pretty sure he can it's, I'm not I'm not looking for like a chain that we can unlock at any point it's a permanent of yeah and I'm, I assume because she's asleep that there's no resistance to it you're an expert of it so yes you have chained her hands behind her back after that Tok will follow Panda's advice and leave the room and it closes the cell door. You have placed Tiara in the cell, bound her, not gagged her. Uh, you have shut the door. Yes. Benny yep. has locked it, having figured out how to unlock it. With a click, the door locks. She is asleep inside. What would you like to do? Gentlemen. This next conversation is not for the faint-hearted. Uh, Augustus stands there, watching Vander with his sword burning as usual. Excellent. Benny says, yeah, I maybe don't need to watch this, and just um, decides to wander off. I'm going to have a look at the lever. I'm not going to touch the lever. I'm just going to have a look to see if it's obvious like what the mechanism is, and presumably it controls this platform, but just to kind of have a check. Vander, my dear fellow, might I extract a promise from you that this will not result in some sort of psychic murder. Indeed, if we are to murder, it should be physical with a blade. All these stipulations. So confusing sometimes to be a man of my trade in your presence, Augustus. But I will 
use those techniques as a last resort. What then is your purpose, Vanda? Allow me to demonstrate. And Vanda reaches down looking for a loose stone. Yep, there is There is a number of loose stones lying on the floor. Not big on sweeping the old fire mummies. <laughs> they got shit going on! <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> uh, Vanda picks up the stone and chucks it at Tiara's head. Give me a dexterity, improvised weapon, dexterity roll. Still not uh, doing much to help Augustus's sense that this is about to turn into a grisly murder. So Tox going to take out a pebble as well, uh, copying <laughs> Vanda. Wait to see if Vanda succeeds. 20. Vanda's gnarled hand reaches down and picks up a small stone and very gently tosses it through between the bars and it hits her right on the temple, waking her up. Ah, uh, back in the cell. Quite. What do you want? Answers, Tiara, answers. As ever, you'll notice you are, as you say, incarcerated once more. Go on then, ask your questions. How did you come to be incarcerated? Oh, having trapped you fools down here, I realized there was a ceiling spell on the whole cavern. I presumed that the Obsidian Matrix had a solution for the problem. A ritual or some such. So I began to follow you. But I lost you behind that swarm of zombies. Moving quickly through the area. Invisible to dead eyes. I found myself at the entrance to this palace. I entered assuming my cover was unassailable. I was wrong. I was caught by Lothar Janeth. And imprisoned. Vanda stoops down and picks up another rock. In the runes on your cell walls. Made by yourself. Don't play the idiot. It doesn't suit you. These runes are ancient Elokian in origin. They deaden the space of much of the arcane. No misty step, no dimension door, nothing. Ah, that does answer a question of mine. If your master, Morven, were to... He is not my master. Interesting. Go on. There is only one master in Athlon, the Emperor. Morven and I are equal. I see. So you would have delivered the Matrix direct to the Emperor? Perhaps. And what would you have done with the Matrix? What powers is it that the Empire needs from this object? Give me an intimidation check. Thirteen. Why, pray tell, would I give you information of that value for free? You've got me chained up in here like an animal. Let me out and we can talk. We can discuss freedom when we have answers. No deal. I've heard being stoned to death by a broken man is a long and painful road to your demise. And Vanda chucks another stone. Tok will uh, pass Vanda another couple of stones, little pebbles. It misses. <laughs> a four. Uh, so yeah, so you, you throw a stone which misses her. She laughs coarsely. <laughs> You think I fear death? I'm Shadow Vanguard. We fear nothing. Tonk, would you like a turn? I'll try one more for fun. Vanda chucks another stone. Okay, rather than this stone using your um, rolling, it uses Tox. <laughs> um, so if you roll it with a plus seven to hit. 21. Hits, roll for damage. Uh, so it'll do uh, d6 plus five damage. Wow, that's 11 damage. <laughs> Wanged that. <laughs> Taking the, the pebble from Tok and throwing it, it seems to have far more zip than you gave it as it crashes into her shoulder and you hear a, a little crunch as she screams in pain. Ah! Ah! 
What was that? Vanda tenses his bicep. Look, it's obvious that I want to get out of here. And you want to get out of here too. So why don't we work together? Vanda picks up another stone. I'm listening. I'm a formidable fighter having survived five on one against you. And believe me when I say, you're going to need some help against Lothar Janeth. Why should we trust one such as yourself? You should not trust me, as I do not trust you. But, in times of desperation, salvation comes from the most unexpected places. When you left the cell, Tiara, you were not disposed to help, now were you? I saw an opportunity, as you would have in my position. Or do you deny it? Vanda smiles. I do not deny it, but more opportunities may arise where you two be separated from this cell, would they not? Possibly. Let us build this notion of trust, then. Tell us, what would you do with the Obsidian Matrix? She considers for a moment. My goal is the same as the Emperor's. Mortality is no longer a large enough concept for me. I believe the Obsidian Matrix holds the details to a ritual of ascension. It is one that I intend on performing on myself to achieve the heights of godhood. And you would take this power for yourself? Wouldn't you? That has me wondering. And Vander is lost in a moment of reverie before he returns to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Tiara, in this group, we are already possessed of one psychopath, one king-in-waiting, one rags-to-riches man of great potential, and one... Very confused automaton. I'm not sure there's room in our merry band for one such as yourself. So, a sweetener is needed. That might improve your situation, yes. Banda, you could offer soup. I'm afraid we're fresh out of soup. And fast running out of time. I know who killed the first son of Donoflia's father. Well... Augustus drifts forward towards the cell door, like so he's he's now looking in, peering in through the bars. Free me, and let's work together. I'll tell you everything I know. Banda turns to Augustus. I do not believe we can trust Ciara, but I confess, if you want to know what happened to your father, we may be forced to indulge this ill-conceived alliance. I know what happened to my father. Do not let this creature out of the cell. Banda regards Augustus seriously. Noble words, Augustus. May I suggest a little review of our previous deal? Can evil be allowed to persist? Banda, my feeling is that this evil has found itself in this position. And while we should not seek to improve it, we also need not intervene to worsen her condition. Indeed, we should let her starve to death. Well, Tok, it appears she's been being fed. So, although perhaps we have just thrown her guards into the lava, I suggest we leave the gods, of which this creature is not yet one, to deal with the fate of this shadow vanguard and move ourselves onwards to our goal. Vanda turns back to Tiara. Last chance then, Tiara. Your passive insight lets you see that she looks a little bit panicked. It's a similar sort of expression she had on her face when Benny cast the illusion, reminding her of her twin brother's demise. You remember the puddle of blood with the name tag? We all remember. <laughs> Every night when we wake up at 3am with a start, we remember. Yeah, and she's she's looking around as if she's desperately trying to remember something. 
Well, what is it you want to know? I have secrets from all over the Empire. Privileged information you won't find anywhere else. What can you tell us of this Lothar Janeth? A, a drowned necromancer who has extended his life for thousands of years. It's half-rotten face. He works in a laboratory at the heart of the palace, desperate for a way beyond the ceiling spell. I even believe the undead creatures have turned against him. Is it worth asking where Kaelin is? Tiara, do you know the fate of Kaelin? Kaelin Lux has been taken to a prison in the north, to the Fingers. You will recognise the Fingers as a terrible prison, like up in the wintry north, far north of Athlon. And do you know what happened to the Haveners as they escaped from your forces? They took off, but our focus was on the Automaton and the Obsidian Matrix. Well then... Vanda regards Tiara for a moment and looks back at the group. I think now it is time to continue with our adventures. Tiara, were we alone, I would stone you to death. But as we're not, I'm going to let you die another way. You will rot in this cell and I will not weep for you. Don't worry, as a man who has died a number of times, it's not so bad. She screams and runs up to the cell door and puts her face in between two bars towards Augustus. You can't let me die down here. It's not honourable. It isn't supposed to end like this. You must let me out. Gods don't like company, Augustus. Augustus looks at her. You know how my father died. And then without waiting for an answer, he walks over to the lift that goes up floors towards where Lothar Janeth is and says, Gentlemen, time to go up. Granda turns back to Tiara. Now that's a paladin. Goodbye, Tiara. You can't leave me to die! Oh, but we can. And Vanda's horrible face smiles as he moves in the direction of Augustus. Vanda, she is correct. This is not right. Uh, Tok is going to take out uh, his smith's tools and he's going to try and um, essentially weld the door shut so that it can't be opened even if someone has a key. Give me a Smith's Tools check. Total time. So who was it? 22. With Tiara screaming and Augustus and Vanda having moved on to the platform, Tok and Tick begin to melt the metal around to make sure that the door can't be opened. Uh, Tiara's face is between the bars while this is happening. Benny, give me an investigation check, please. That's uh, 14. Okay, this is a rudimentary lever. The faintest study of it tells you that if you were to pull this, it would drop one platform and raise the other. The The actual technology is relatively advanced considering it's it's got to have been built within the last three and a half thousand years without any of the kind of knowledge of the gnomish people or anything like that. But there are, there are no traps to it. There's nothing untoward either. Tok and Tick have finished and Tiara is still begging. Tok, you don't have to do this. Come on, Tok. Together we could rule the entire world. You don't even have to give me the matrix. We could ascend, together. At the word ascend, uh, Tom would say, we intend to ascend, hence the lift. Um, and uh, and Tok and Tick will uh, draw their swords and will say, uh, however, I can offer you an alternative. Uh, give me an intimidation check. Uh, nine. There's no need for intimidation. I have information. Yes, very valuable information about you. I won't steal the Matrix. Just let me out and I promise I'll never try and take it from you again. Um, just to be clear, uh, Tuck wasn't trying to intimidate her. He was offering to stab her in the chest. 
Yeah, which is an intimidation, right? Not really. <laughs> it's like a mercy. How is it not an intimidation? You know what? I'm not going to get into what <laughs> is it. Offering it's... to stab someone in the chest is an intimidating move. Well, I mean, it is a little bit, but... Dignitas by Tok. <laughs> so whatever Tok is, Harry isn't a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's it was, you know, she's got a choice at the moment of being left in a cell to starve to death, or he was offering her a quick way out. What a hero. Yeah. yeah. Harry's brief summer job at a vet, where you brought your cat into the <laughs> town and you drive a long sword. <laughs> she is begging you for freedom. Tok, haven't you ever wondered where you came from? I can tell you. I know everything about you, Tok. I know the truth. That information is known to me. Goodbye, Tiara. No! Uh, Tok will, Tok will walk off towards the uh, platform. No! Ah! Uh, so Banda, with his uh, uh, rather good uh, sort of intuition, will know that Tick was pretty close to like a coin flip away from um, uh, executing her rather than leaving her in the cell. A tough choice, well made. So Betty, having seen that everyone else has moved onto the platform, is going to head over. Okay, so with all of you stood on the platform... Betty, shall we not investigate the tunnel above us? That is sound thinking, Tok. Betty's going to use Missy's capabilities to have a look upwards. Inhabiting Missy as she flies up the tunnel ahead of you, she reaches the top and finds a long lobby entrance almost, with a kind of water feature and a series of 12 pillars, six on each side of the water feature in the middle. There doesn't appear to be any movement at all up there. Uh, she zooms into the lobby, and then it goes black. I say, well, it gets fancy up there, but it's quiet at least. Vander nods and turns in the direction of the lever. As he's about to cast Telekinetic Hand, he realises Bellerophon has alighted from his shoulder and crawled into the lava. He goes to play on the lava and just ignites <laughs> into flame. Bellerophon! He lasts no more than three seconds before he's just, like, incinerated into a black husk. Fucking lizard! <laughs> and Betty just looks at Banda in a, just a, just a, <laughs> what? What are you doing? <laughs> Expression, but doesn't say a word because it doesn't seem worth it. Banda turns in the direction of the lever and feeling the loss of Bellerophon for the second time cast telekinetic hand the lever is pulled and the platform rises up away from tiara's screens as you head towards the main floor of lothar Jeanette's palace no no you can't do that don't leave me no! and we'll end it there Humans of Dice Company would like to thank the following sweethearts for their support. S.J. Fionix, Richard Ungermus, Rabbi Camel, Deem Vander, Path Pursuit, Paris Pakar, Julia Zeno, Shovels, Mama Strange, Queenie, Liz Beckett, Axel Runholm, Shay Benton, Chris from North London, Thanks for listening. Now over to our town crier, Alex, with an update from the Dice Company universe. 
had a poll this week where we asked the public to settle a debate for us. And the question was, if you kill a zombie that's wearing a crown, have you killed A, a zombie king or queen, or B, a zombie in a hat? Now, on this occasion, the public were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I've said it before, democracy simply doesn't work. (laughs) Exactly. There was some vote rigging somehow, and... 69% 69% of people wrongly suggested that it was a zombie in a hat rather than an extremely powerful and noble zombie king. Be fair, I did vote. I voted a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> happily, Joshua Airy on Twitter uh, supported the correct position by saying, you've obviously just committed zombie regicide, a sentence that I never imagined I would say. And then give them the credit, damn it. Quite right. We, we said to people, uh, your group discovers a magic sword. Whoever names it first keeps it. What's the first word in your head? No cheating. And the professional internet bum, who I think we've mentioned before, said masculinity, it does toxic damage. (laughs) (laughs) And then Stormsong Crow Beast said, my brain was utterly silent for like six, seven seconds. And then it shouted, blurg fire. (laughs) (laughs) That one made me snort laugh when I read it. It was so funny. Uh, Zeus Legion uh, said, creme de mont. Hero. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, uh, indeed. Which and then Tammy replied to that saying plus D three damage against Augustus Zeno. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, and Zeus Legion <laughs> added plus D three in health if using the Lord Sloom disguise. Oh my God, amazing! <laughs> so Augustus has no comment on these outrageous remarks. Everyone in this call will be hearing from my lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> we asked what was the ro- worst role of your TTRPG life, and Neanderthal genius. Uh, said that they were playing a Lord of the Rings game and I was playing Boromir and my role was so catastrophic that I killed myself. The opponent was asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I don't even know how that happens. Unseen D4 said, our ranger fell into a pit of green slime. Both he and my barbarian failed the knowledge checks regarding how to cure it. An incredibly touching rivals to Battle Brothers arc between an elven ranger and a half-orc barbarian ended with the ranger dissolving. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man imagine I've, I've got one to uh, to add that I didn't reply to the Twitter thing but uh, the worst the worst role I ever had is in the first campaign I ever played was a uh, Star Wars game and my uh, my my stealthy like ninja assassin character uh, failed a critical uh, stealth role um, whilst trying to steal uh, stuff from a bunch of stormtroopers and then just got like summarily executed by a firing squad of 12 <laughs> stormtroopers down a narrow <laughs> corridor just like <laughs> and then just laser death um, I actually don't think that's right your worst role was being sucked into the void and no, then well, casting yeah. stupid <laughs> on yourself <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it was yeah, so good that was, that was also pretty bad <laughs> I mean, in a way, it was genius. You probably didn't appreciate the terrible situation you were in. Yeah, slight many jokes. It was less funny when it happened to you. Um, well, can you beat this from Toby on Blue Sky, who said, at the time our entire group failed, uh, or crit failed, our etiquette roles when dining with the Shahanshah of Samarkand for the first and only time. I seriously thought it was going to be a TPK from Bad Manners. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that concludes... Uh, social media yeah can i add one Love just because week. an honorable yeah, mention because i enjoyed it so much but obviously i can't remember the name of the person who did this but uh, someone Desquire, Desquire. ah okay 
but when Desquire listened to Tox's personal episode, he gave it the best description of anything I've heard recently, which was <laughs> a lore drop from Orbit. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely amazing. I now can't that listen to that episode without thinking about that being a lore drop from Orbit. Lore! <laughs> lore! Lore! Oh, oh yeah, and, and I think we need to give some credit to the... Um... Uh, uh, yeah, to the Blue Sky team who deciphered uh, uh, Tick's um, notes. <laughs> of course. Who was that? That was, uh, that was I, Tammy and someone else. Yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, it was Tammy and Canberra Tragic who worked together to decipher the series of fairly heavy law spoilery type things on Blue Sky. Excellent work, the two of you. And so, just just to be clear. That was that was posted as binary, right? It was posted as ones and zeros. Uh, yeah, it wasn't quite that simple, but <laughs> I put in extra extra silly steps. <laughs> I looked at that and thought, oh, I bet there's a hidden message in that. And that's as far as my thinking went. <laughs> no, no, I wonder if I can solve it. And you perfectly well, there was no possibility. And just let it wash over me. But that's not how everyone's brains work, I suppose. You're like the first person to work at Bletchley Park during the Second World War and just seeing a message and going, I bet there's some kind of code here. <laughs> well, the Germans aren't just sending white noise to each other. <laughs> Why are they just sending random letters to each other? What a fucking waste of time. <laughs> Chuck, what is Vandas AC? Uh, Vandas AC is 11. <laughs> the absolute From. disgust on Harry's face there. Uh, Eleven! Okay. Witch bolt. Okay. Okay. Isn't that the one that causes damage continuously round after round? Peanut gallery! Ah. No, yeah, he's right. I was trying to cast magic from his style. I think it's okay. And Harry... Fucking watch yourself. Is, up, 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 up. I knew that's not what he wanted to do. I don't yeah, give no, a no, fuck I, what uh, you do. It's quite it's a difficult dilemma now though, isn't it? Because Augustus is not gonna want to kill a sleeping person, but we do know she's a fiery bastard when she's awake and she's just gonna try and murder us all. Um It's Augustus's Laurel Quandry. <laughs> a little jingle for it. Lore. Thanks for listening. Please consider supporting Dice Company on Patreon, where for the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to a whole other show, Extra Roll, as well as an ad-free listening experience. The Dice Company Discord server, along with our socials, can be found on our link tree in the show notes. If you enjoyed this chapter, please like and subscribe, and don't forget to recommend us to your friends. If you didn't like it, recommend us to your enemies. And we'll see you next time on Dice Company. Dice Company.